What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of PSA. I am your host, Molly Lee. I am so glad that you guys would join me this week. I have a great episode. I had so much fun recording it. So on this episode, we cover my weekly roundup as always. I also share a mental health moment this week on the topic of dealing with negative comments, which I think is something we can all relate to if we are active on social media or if Um, We have a habit of people-pleasing, or if that has been a part of our past. I also share the rest of the responses from my question this week of what's the worst thing you've ever done, which was hilarious, by the way. I also share my worst thing that I've ever done, which is really just putting my best moment on display. I can't wait for the whole world to know about that. And we end with another round of Stirring the Pot, where I share all of your unpopular opinions, but this time it's with a twist, because one of my best friends in the world, Jacob Hell, joins me to break down some of my favorite responses from the last few months. And honestly, Jacob is kind of intertwined into every bit of this episode, so I'm really excited for you guys just to get to know him more, and hopefully we can have him on to co-host an episode or something in the future. All right, guys, let's jump into the episode. Okay, friends, we are live from the beautiful WorkLodge studio in the Dallas Design District. If you don't know about WorkLodge yet, I talked about them last week, but they are an office and work sharing space run by the absolute best people. So beyond office spaces, they have meeting and training rooms as well as podcast studios. And you guys, they are so incredible. They have locations in Dallas as well as Houston and Tampa, Florida. You guys can check out WorkLodge on social media at the WorkLodge or online at WorkLodge. Be sure to check them out if you are in these areas and needing a space for you or your business. They are unmatched. Prices are incredible. You guys need to check them out because you won't regret it. Okay, for the weekly roundup, I'm still going strong with Sparkling September, which is honestly shocking because I way, way, way underestimated the amount of social gatherings that I would have this month. I had a mini college reunion of sorts this weekend, kind of out of the blue. Um, One of my best friends, Jacob, he's on my stories all the time. I have so many people that always message me wanting to see more of Jacob. Um, He came to town this weekend and we hung out and had a blast. Another one of my friends, Tori, came in and there were so many brunches and dinners and cocktail hours and everything that we ended up going to that was very unexpected. And the whole time I just had my little you know, sparkling water with a, with a lime in the corner. Um, and it wasn't that bad to be honest. Something else that's really exciting, I know that I've talked about it a lot on here, I have some job interviews coming up. So the job hunt has been very discouraging to be honest, but I have some interviews that I'm really excited about in the next couple of weeks, so I will keep you guys updated on those. And what else happened? Oh yeah, Jacob came to see me, and we just got to hang out all weekend. Things are just looking up right now, so I'm counting my blessings, and we're just going to mark this week as a win. All right, we're going to go ahead and switch gears a little bit. I know the rest of the episode is very light and fun, but this is a serious topic because I think too many people stay in this really negative um, thought space and kind of um, space that they live out of in terms of people-pleasing or dealing with negative comments or dealing with pushback in life. So for our mental health moment this week, I am going to talk about that of dealing with negative comments and what I do. And I had some situations that were really triggering for me this week. So as we all know, like the internet is a blessing and a curse. I think all of us who 
are on the internet, who are active on social media. We have seen the highs of social media. We have also seen the really negative parts of social media. But this week I had a couple of triggering moments for me with my mental health. So the first one was I shared something that was a boundary of mine that was crossed on my story and I had some negative feedback. So Again, this is kind of a defense mechanism for me, but I do want to explain where that came from. So the situation had kind of gotten out of hand in the sense that it was a few different groups of people that had done this. And instead of just texting them directly because I don't think they knew, I was like, maybe I'll just do it indirect as like a PSA, not the podcast, but an actual public service announcement. Um, do it as a PSA of sorts that was like, hey, I I don't think anyone did this maliciously, like on purpose, but this did happen and it was a boundary of mine that I'm not okay with. And basically I had shared that like, hey, if you're going to share someone's phone number, it is a common courtesy to text that person and ask if it's okay to say like, hey, so-and-so asked for your phone number, is it okay if I share it with them? And I've had some people from my hometown, I've had some people that were just kind of passively in my life in college and even all the way back to junior high because I've had the same phone number um, that had shared my number with other people. But to give some context for why this was an issue with me, besides the obvious, this has been something that has kind of been a hill that I've just really stood firm on since I was like 12 and got my first cell phone when all of my friends would just tweet out their cell phone numbers or post it on social media or do whatever I would never post my cell phone number because it was always such a private and secure thing to me and although again no one is like out to get me no one's been saying mean things or horrible things it's still such a boundary of mine that I don't like people having my cell phone number unless they're my friends or it's a business arrangement or something like that um and I had my cell phone number shared and that was super uncomfortable for me and I didn't know who all had shared it because not everyone shared how they got my number, but some people directly said, hey, so-and-so gave me your number. And it's like, oh, I can't harbor resentment towards that person because I don't think they did it maliciously. But at the same time, wow, I'm really, really uncomfortable with this. But I, I posted about that and I had a lot of people respond and say like, this is like you should delete this this sounds really gross or like this sounds like you have a big head or a false sense of importance or I had someone say like you've gone full Hollywood and I was like what are you talking about there was this wrestle for me of like okay is this like a big head situation is this nasty to post like is this a bad thing and it really was a wrestle and attention moment for me and I finally settled in the place of this isn't bad and people are going to frame it from that perspective because they don't know me and at the end of the day I think people forget that they don't know me that they have no idea who I am that they think they know me because of social media and I do try to share a lot of my life online but 99% of my life is not shared online because like I always say real life happens offline and the internet's not real and but people respond to me like they have that investment or that place in my life like they've walked through seasons with me and I think because people have kind of seen seasons or they've heard it on the podcast they think that they've weathered these storms with me and in some sense maybe they have from like a community perspective but from a deep friendship accountability community and like the church sense perspective these aren't 
the people that are walking with me. So I have to remember that the things that they say, they're not going to have context for the way that my brain works. They're not going to have context for why I shared that. They didn't even know the situation of why I shared that, or maybe they wouldn't have said what they did to understand that this isn't something because I, I have this false sense of importance because of this following that's happened on social media, right? It's because of this has always been a boundary with me ever since I've been in junior high and got my first cell phone. And it's like, like you don't post your cell phone number. Why should I post my cell phone number? Why should I have to be more accessible than I already make myself? And so I really had to watch the way that I was responding to that and what I was letting into my life to not um, kind of set me off course and down this mental health spiral of sorts because that could have so happened. But at the end of the day, I had to find that sense of security in myself of why am I doing this? Who do I do it for? What's the goal? What's the objective? And how do I practically let this in one ear and out the other? And part of that is talking about it with friends. If I just get in a really, really negative headspace, as soon as I find that sober moment, I text a friend or a mentor or someone in my life and I'm just like, hey, I just need to process if you have time. Like, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to bother you. But I just really have had some hard days or some hard things said that I just need to process and I need you to remind me who I am. And I I don't think that all negative comments are bad, actually, because sometimes negative comments have really reframed my thought of, hey, maybe this is why I shouldn't post something like this or make a joke about this. Um, And so it really has helped. So I'm not one of those people that thinks all negative feedback is bad. But I think I really had to establish those patterns in my life of how do I respond to something that's negative without letting it affect my thinking about myself and my character and who I am. And really the the responses that I have now is one, I read it and I evaluate like, is there any value to what they're saying? Is there something I should learn from this? Or is it just someone that's just being a hater or just trolling or just kind of maybe having a bad day? I don't know. Um, also trying to extend grace to that person and trying to move on. But really the response from me has been I have to remind myself of who I am so I have a notebook of things about myself that um, either other people have told me about myself or I believe about myself or um, are like biblically true and I read those things and I remind myself who I am and then I remind myself why I'm doing this so whether it's just a personal thing if it's a word that I feel um, has been spoken over me about this I'll read those and remind myself like why have I opened up so much of my life online why have I like started making funny videos to try to make people laugh and create this just like realm of positivity and encouragement like why have I done that and the more I dive into remembering why I'm doing what I'm doing, um, the less those comments affect me. I have to remember like people who don't know me, who don't know my character, who haven't weathered seasons with me, who haven't walked with me day in and day out, like people who don't know me, their opinion and the things that they say don't weigh much in my life when it's negative. And even when it's positive, you kind of get this false sense of affirmation sometimes from people that just like follow me or don't really know me when they're saying encouraging things. And my friends have been like, hey, have you been connecting with people? Like, what has your life been like day to day? Have you just been online? And they kind of bring that reality back. For everyone that has a history of people pleasing or that gets a lot of negative comments or that has dealt with some negative stuff like I even think on Facebook like Facebook is a war zone but you have to remember the people that get to speak into your life are the people that have 
uh, been trusted true friends through a lot of seasons. And anyone else that says something, you can kind of evaluate what they're saying. I never want to be that one person that's like, ignore everyone. It's not real. Ignore, ignore, ignore. Because sometimes we do need other people to kind of frame like, hey, this is how some people might be taking this joke. Or this is how some people might be interpreting what you said. And it's great to dive into those. But for the most part, like, you have to test it against the people who know you. You have to test it against your own heart and your own mind. And if you're a person of faith, I would challenge you to test it against scripture of what are these people saying to me and how does it align biblically? Um, How does it align with what I know to be true? How does it align with my morals, with my beliefs? And if all of those come back negative, then just let it go in one ear and out the other. If you need to delete it, do it. Some people are like, don't delete it. If that's what's best for you, then do it. Controversy is natural. Tension is natural. Um, Conflict is natural. And we have to find a way to have healthy conflict and conversations. But um, I just wanted to share about this a little bit because I did have a couple different things that triggered me this week of my mental health that could have really sent me down a spiral. Because what happens is when people comment negative things, it instantly blocks my creativity. And as soon as I feel that confidence begin to rise again, or I have a video idea I just love so much, or something happens that I want to post about, I have to go back to that place and remember why I do what I do. And I would challenge all of you to do that as well of like, Why do we post on social media? Because we want to update our friends. We want to create a positive environment or we want to have a tough conversation. And no matter the tension or the the pushback that you're getting from that, if you're feeling stirred to share something, just do it. Like, (laughs) just share it and trust your gut. But I just felt it was really important to have um, this conversation about people pleasing because it's never going to get you anywhere. Reach out to someone trusted that's going to not just tell you all the rosy things, but tell you what you need to hear. Um... Because those are the people that like have weathered seasons with us that deserve to have a right to speak into our lives. And everyone else, we can just ignore them. All right, you guys. So I shared the most hilarious question on my story this week of what's the worst thing you've ever done? And holy crap, you guys, I've never laughed so hard. I know I mentioned it earlier, but if you missed it for some reason, it is saved on a highlight in my story. My Instagram is just at mollylee31. You guys have to check it out because the answers were incredible. And I had so many rated our answers that I said, I can't share them on my story. So I compromised and said, hey, I'll share them on my podcast. But there were even a couple that I couldn't like muster up the courage to say. So I'm leaving those off. Um, But wow, you guys are bad. (laughs) Like, and again, I would never judge anyone. This is a judgment free zone. But wow, you guys, y'all have done some bad stuff. But it was honestly the highlight of my life in so many ways because I loved reading the responses and I loved that so many people probably thought it was anonymous and I just want you to know I clicked on everyone's profile so I could see the little beady eyes of the person who had written in. After I share these I am going to share the worst thing I've ever done. I feel it's only fair Um, but the first one this girl said (laughs) I banged three dudes in the same day. Three different guys. Okay, so there are a couple follow-up questions. Um, Was it by choice? Were you compensated? Like, I don't know the framework for this. So um, I'll message you later and we can have a further conversation. Um, I'm not judging you because I'm not. Next, I told my boss I'd do anything for a dollar on my first day of the job. (laughs) 
<laughs> one of my friends wrote this in and I love that she was just trying to set this like positive go-getter attitude that turned really south really fast so um I hope you would do anything for a dollar and I hope to hear some more stories in the future about where that journey has taken you and how much money you made doing it all right this next one I went to a drug lord's house when I was wasted in Nashville to play with his pit bull I don't have a lot of thoughts on this one. That one just seems really out there to me. And the first time I read it, I thought it was to play with Pitbull, like the artist. And that was a whole different frame of thinking. And now that I'm reading it again, and it says play with his Pitbull, like his dog, this seems a little innocent, but just with a confusing backstory. So again, we're going to need a little bit further elaboration on this. Um... I, I just don't have a lot of thoughts, to be honest. <laughs> okay, I hope that this next one is related to mission work, because if it is, iconic. This one says, two drunken tattoos in an alley in Cambodia. <laughs> Are they two that go together? Was it two separate ones? Were you on a mission trip in Cambodia? Like, I need to know the story. I need to know the story on this one. Um, I think I remember who wrote this in. And if I'm correct, I think, like, we've messaged back and forth a couple times. But if you're listening to the podcast, I want to see pictures of these tattoos. Maybe I'll share them on my story if you let me. I don't know. But I need to see these tattoos. And I need to hear more of the story of if it was a trip, some mission work, um you know a gap year situation i think that frame of thinking will really just like butter the biscuit on that one if you will okay this one made me laugh so hard because the murder vibes are like 10 out of 10 i she said i hooked up with a guy who lived in a literal shed in his brother's backyard i didn't know until we pulled up I just love the idea that you pull up to this nice house and you're thinking like, wow, this man really has it all together. Um, You know, he's got a job, he's got a house and he like leads you to the back gate and you walk through the back gate down these stone steps and you're like, oh, are we going to have like a romantic bonfire pergola situation? And he keeps walking to his shed and you're really like, oh, wow, I'm about to get murdered. That's unfortunate. And then he opens up the door and it's like, no, you live in this shed. That must have been such a roller coaster of emotion wow I'm like feeling every one of those emotions for you I wow what an up and down okay uh, I shouldn't say that oh well anyways moving on this one I regularly tell people my mom is dead to get sympathy or to get out of doing things I don't want to do but she isn't dead that one's just wrong that one is wrong if your mother is alive you hold her tight you you just nurture her you kiss her face um this one makes me upset and I had so many people write in about like they pretended that their mom was dead to get something and I'm like that's not funny you guys that's not funny to me because I'm obsessed with my mother I'm horribly codependent on my mom so don't do that if your mom's alive you guys don't do that all right moving on I got pregnant in the back of a taxi drunk af I now have a (laughs) two-year-old I think if I'm remembering correctly, she also wrote in and said, but I'm getting married to that guy soon. So, I mean, wow. I just, I love all of these. I I promise I don't have a a judgmental bone in my body, especially when you guys hear my story. You're going to be like, wow, I don't have a judgmental bone in my body. I'm just like blown away that people would share these on the internet with a stranger. There are some that I'm like, 
why are you sharing this with me when you should be in therapy? Like, I think people were using me as their shrink, as their outlet, when it's like, no, 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 no. This one's too deep. This one's too deep. It's too much. I've, I'm burdened with this information now. You need to share this with someone. Someone else that's not a stranger online. And this last one, you guys, honestly, a little iconic, a little sad, a little scary, but she said, I threw a rager on Easter Sunday. On the Lord's Day, like the Lord's Day times 10. So while everyone else is out celebrating our risen savior, she's doing beer pong and beer darts and just having a darty in the backyard. Um, that feels special. That feels special. Wow. Okay. Well, that was such a fun segment. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, this was probably my favorite question that I've ever asked on my story because the responses were wild. And I think as people started seeing more things that people were sharing, it was like they grew in confidence as they started seeing them on my story. It was like, oh, well, mine's not as bad as that. I can share mine. But I don't know where their scale of weight came from to weigh what was bad or good because half of these were terrible. All right, now it's only fair that I share the worst thing I've ever done. So it was in college and Texas Tech is regularly plagued with 11 a.m. games, but this year it just seemed like we had a crazy amount of 11 a.m. games, which meant we had to wake up at like 6 a.m. to be at a tailgate at 7.30 or 8 to eat and drink and hang out before we would go to the football game. And again, college kind of wandering years for me really established a lot of my personality which is unfortunate so we were at one of my friend's houses we were having a little brunch a tailgate a pre-game kind of situation and i had never had champagne before because i didn't like it i had tried it once before and didn't like it but they were making mimosas well then we ran out of orange juice so then everyone was just drinking champagne so I had no idea that champagne like goes to your head faster because of the bubbles and the carbonation, like no frame of thinking around this at all. And I was drinking so much champagne, <laughs> like so much champagne. And then right before we went to the stadium, we were all in that space where like we were so buzzed, we weren't thinking and we were like, let's do a ton of shots because they don't sell alcohol in the stadium. <laughs> So we did so many shots. So we walked to the game. I'm living on my like cloud nine best life ever. And the second I scanned my student ID and walked through the gates, I don't remember anything. It was a true, 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 true blackout. And so I wake up. I don't know where I am. And I realize I'm at my sister's house. And I was like, interesting. How did we get here? How did we get here? And Lexi said, well, you really want to know? I was like, I don't think I want to know, actually. She said, we walked into the stadium. We went down. We all sat down before the game even started. Um, everyone was taking pictures. You were living your best life. And then you started throwing up everywhere in the stadium, everywhere. The student section cleared out of your section, of your area, because you were throwing up everywhere. And then apparently... Again, my dear friend Jacob, who came to visit me this weekend, such a loyal, faithful friend, love him so much. I started telling everyone because I couldn't have that shame on me that Jacob had thrown up on me, that it was Jacob who was doing the throwing up, not me. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know what deep part of my brain that came out of, but I started telling the whole world that I didn't throw up. It was that boy that threw up on me. And then... 
some um, cops showed up. They came down to the section. They started questioning me. And Lexi said she's never seen a quicker turnaround of events because I popped right up and I said, hello, sir. My name is Molly Lee. I know that I've like thrown up everywhere, but it was just a reaction. I think I'm like having kind of a heat stroke situation or I'm allergic to something. I just, I'm not feeling very well. And they started asking me my name. They asked for my student ID number. They asked all these questions to like confirm and see if I was all there. And I answered everyone on the money, on the money, baby. I was like, it is this day, this day, this day. It's, you know, today's day that this is the time. This is who we're playing. This was the score last season when we played them. I was pulling out all of these stats just out of my butt. And they had called my sister at this point. She wasn't with us. And Lexi had come and picked me up and took me out of the stadium. But the second the cops left, I basically passed out in the stands. And Lexi had to carry me up the stairs into an Uber um, and take me home. And I don't remember any of this. Still to this day, people will come up to Jacob and say, hey, remember the time you threw up all over Molly? Because they never heard the end of the story. Jacob never knew that I was telling everyone that he had thrown up on me. I obviously didn't know it. I don't know what happened in this state of drinking too much. And literally, I've never like drank that much again since that point because it was like, wow, obviously that was really unfun. (laughs) Like, I'm so embarrassed. So much shame involved in that story. So that was me. That was my most embarrassing moment. My, the worst thing I've ever done probably. Um, and I know it wasn't necessarily intentional, but the drinking was intentional. So it all kind of amounts to the same thing in my eyes. Um, but Jacob and I laugh about it now. I still apologize to him like every three months about it because it's a lot. So that's that. All right, that was such a blast um, for me. I can't wait to read all of your messages and texts about that situation. We've grown, we've moved. That was college Molly. That was blonde Molly. We'll never be her again. But to end the show today, I have Jacob on to help give his unpopular opinion on some of the things that you guys have submitted over the past few months with Stirring the Pot. Jacob, I hand-selected some of these from months ago that I've waited to tell you now because I'm so excited to hear your take on them. Oh, no. So the first I'm one. very opinionated, so it's going to be... Very opinionated. This yes. first one truly shocked me. And before you answer, I need to give you some context or some deeper context into her answer. So her unpopular opinion to stir the pot was Rascal Flats is the greatest boy band of all time. But this was submitted by a lady who literally had a picture with, like, the Rascal Flats tour bus in her profile picture. The Rascal Flats groupie. But here's the thing. corner of TikTok that is undiscovered. You have a whole market you can tap into for the Rascal Flats fans. But she's really going to ignore, like, One Direction, Boys to Men, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. And to me, like, Rascal Flatts isn't a boy band. They're just a band that's practically made up, or that just happens to be. Zach Brown Band is a boy band, you know? (laughs) Or, like, Brooks and Any country singer that has, like, a band that travels with them is a boy band. I'm, no, 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 sister. just like a boy band is such a specific genre you have the choreography you have like the the poppy vibes like I don't and that's not to say there couldn't be a country boy band but like Rascal Flatts is just like 
a band that happens to be all men. I mean, that's like saying like Brooks and Dunn is a boy band. You know what I mean? I mean, I love that she went that route and branded them as that. Like, I would never have thought to put those two pieces together. I mean, they are all men and they They are are a band. So it is a boy band. To say that the Rascal Flats boy band is the greatest boy band of all time is where you are kind of reaching a little bit for me. It's a reach for me. It's a reach for me, yes. Not to say I don't love Life is a Highway or... Life is a Highway, an absolute, absolute bop, cultural reset. I still use it all the time in videos. Like Also, that sad song on the Hannah Montana movie, I'm not sure what it's called, but I'm sure we'll think about it later, but... I like that song as well. So, I mean, there are some bops out there that the Rascal Flats gang has put out, but I to say that the greatest boy band of all time is just, it's too much, I think. And to have pictures with their tour bus, you're yeah. a true groupie. That's like, like, it's bus, like, it was a tour bus or a sign or some like at a concert or something, but I went to her profile and it literally was just her picture with a Rascal Flats plastered behind her. I was like, wow. And you know what's funny about Rascal Flats is I thought that, like, their leading guy, like, his name's, like, Gary or something. I don't know. I could be wrong. I thought his name was Rascal Flats. I thought his name was Rascal Flats, too, and you're really just, like, kind of upsetting me. <laughs> I'm having, no. like... No, no, no. Like, the band name is Rascal Flats, but, like, that's not his name. I'm having to rethink a lot of things right now, so, <laughs> right. wow. That's, this is cool. just... that's... That's monumental information this right is there. This too much. This is like a life. This is like a life or death type of moment. <laughs> All right. This, <laughs> this next one. Uh, white men are the worst type of human. So, Jacob, as a white man, do you care to respond? I feel like I'm on baited with Z-Way right now. But, yes, <laughs> I agree that they are the worst type of human. I totally, as a white man, I know that I'm awful <laughs> most of the time. So... <laughs> I mean, I try to do my best, but, like, I know that, like, I'm annoying and just too much a lot, but I think that, as a whole, yes, I agree with yeah. this take. We try I'm to- not going to go, like, super in-depth because I could literally go all day in terms of politics, but, <laughs> yes, you're right. We, you yeah, we try to stay away from generalizations on the show, but men do drive me crazy, and this is her truth, so mm-hmm. I'm with you, sister. All right. <laughs> this one truly sent me to another dimension. It killed me. She said, I wasn't a Justin Bieber fan until I saw his nudes. Oh, God. I just love... saying that that is what made you be a fan. Considering that My World 2.0 had already come out before that. <laughs> that he already had some bops to latch on to. Exactly. The thing. I love the idea that one of the lowest moments of his life was like a highlight of hers that made her a fan. Agreed. I also think that Justin Bieber was really just a defining moment in a lot of Twitter users. He's the reason I got a Twitter because I watched Twitter as well. Yeah. I watched his documentary and was like, Oh my gosh, I can connect with celebrities. And I got a Twitter the next day. Like literally it's like everyone's anniversary is at the same time on Twitter because it shows you your Twitter anniversary and it's all right around the time that I've never said ever. Yeah, it's all around the time that we watch Never Say Never. (laughs) Exactly. Like I know I'm gonna get I know I'll get messages about this and I totally agree that 
it's horrible when people have their privacy stripped away like that. Uh, but just the fact that she sent this in made me truly laugh out loud because she was so honest. And it just, I had to bring it to PSA today for all of your ears. And you know, I'm a believer through and through. I will ride or die with Justin till he is like, no matter what he does, you know, I've been there. I've been through the valleys and, and the hills. the valleys. You've, you've had yes. like two concerts canceled on you. Exactly. I was literally supposed to go to intentions and then I was supposed to go to purpose. And then he had his whole, all of his like mental health issues come out. And I'm like, I respect you, but I am sad myself, you know? All right. And this last one is such a trash take. It's unreal. Um, this girl said concerts are overrated. So I'm such an experienced person, very extroverted. And I literally, I'm not joking. I spent thousands of dollars on concerts. Like not per ticket, but just like in general, I've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars over time on concerts and I love them. So I'm, I was hurt by this, but I feel like you're going to agree. I am not going to agree per se. I am going to say that I have had good and bad concert experiences. The good concert experiences I've had have been where it's like a pit experience or a very close-up experience and the artist is very like interactive the artist artist also has like videos and songs and just like has the whole set design just impeccable I've had I've had good concert experiences a lot of my concerts are I'm a super like mainstream pop fan and so a lot of the concerts that I want to go to are like I have to pay like what I would pay for like a low-key band to sit like in the nosebleeds and I'll still do it because I want to like see what their show is all about but it's still it's not as great of an experience for me as like just listening in the car or like you know I mean I mean obviously it is better than listening in the car but like at the same time sometimes I can be let down by some artists that I really love yeah we but went to a bad concert together we went and we saw Mendez and we love Shawnee Boo Boo, but boy, it was a so much. bad concert. And here's the thing is, <laughs> I was, I need to explain our experience at Shawn Mendes a little bit. Oh so gosh, please give context. I was on a diet <laughs> that I had been on for like three months. And it was very strict that like, it was like no carbs, no alcohol, like a bunch of stuff that, well, like healthy carbs. But it was just very, like, there were a ton of things happening. So I hadn't drank alcohol in like three months at this point. And typically I am not a lightweight at all, but I also am very good about like watching what I drink and whatever. So I had a Marg, we went to Katie Trail Ice House before the concert in Dallas and we had a margarita there, which they're pretty big. And then we went to the concert and I ended up having like two or three beers which in a normal world, like, wouldn't have even phased me. I was fine. <laughs> so I accidentally got toasted at Sean Mendez because I didn't think about the fact that, like, I hadn't really eaten that day and I hadn't drank in a really long time. So I was toasted, surrounded by children screaming at their Yeah, we're up in the nosebleeds. And when I finally realized what was happening and I was, like, sobering up, it was quite literally his last song. I do not remember the concert at all, but I do remember how terrible it was. And from the videos I took, it was tragic and it was so boring <laughs> it was bad because it was really just like song 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 it was over and I had been to Taylor Swift's Reputation concert a few weeks before I believe and she had like
like video. She had the production. It's she was like production. flying through the air. She was just like interacting with her friends, letting them know how grateful she was for them. You know, a lot of things that like I was like, I had come to expect artists to do when they're just, when they've made it really big. And I didn't really get that from that concert. Not to say I don't love less. His voice is what makes it for him. But we also, Alessia Cara was opening for him and we missed. We missed her. We All we wanted to be there was the song from Frozen. Was it Frozen? No, it's Moana. I'm pretty sure it was just bad luck all around. I'm pretty sure I went to the bathroom during the one Shawn Mendes song that I was really obsessed with. So... It was just, it wasn't the best experience. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show today. We had a little bit of everything. We had some of my best moments, my worst moments. It's just all out there now. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. I can't even say thank you enough for all the support of the podcast and your love. Be sure that you subscribe, rate, and review the episode, review the podcast. It would mean the world to me. As always, you guys can follow me on social media at MollyLee31. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at PainfullySelfAwarePodcast. Go with God, you guys. I love you, and I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.